0: Welcome to the Systematic Understanding of Everything, an Exalted podcast. This show is a collaborative effort between members of the story told, bonus experience, and Mage the Podcast. We're going to break down the basics of Exalted from its rules to its setting. I'm Monica, 3rd edition supplement developer and lead mechanical developer for Exalted Essence. I sell new people on liking Exalted by telling them how kissable demons are.
1: I'm Chaz, Exalted writer and fan. I'm Terry, and
2: holy shit, the 3rd circle demons and Yozis are some Invisible Sun bullshit. Or, as Monica pointed out, Invisible Sun is some Third Circle Demon and Yozy bullshit. Also, I did a bunch of research for this episode, so if it's wrong, it's probably my fault. Also, as a note, we only plan on doing 33 episodes of the main run of Systematic Understanding of Everything, which we've dropped in a few places here or there, but now we're saying it out loud for the for the kids in the back. It's not going on forever. We do have a few projects that we'd like to do afterwards. Stay tuned for those. We'll certainly announce it here When it's time, but in the meantime...
0: This is episode 30, Impossible Emerald Brilliance.
1: Today, we're talking about demons and hell in Exalted.
2: Where did demons come from?
0: So before we can talk about demons, we kind of need to talk about what's a Yosie. Because that's sort of the top level concept of what's going on here. After the gods got tired of their enslavement, they created the Exalted, who rose up against the Primordials, who became the yozies, Causing wide destruction, and we really mean wide, we're talking, you know, massive world scale destruction. When the blackboard that twists the skies, Isidoros, my bro, uh, (laughs) was defeated... (laughs) The, the blood coming from its half-drawn, bo- half-dead body literally drowned armies. So, this is the kind of scale we're talking about. That's pretty fucking uh, the, metal. It is pretty fucking metal. The primordials were made of various souls called fetish souls in previous editions. Actually, more on that later. And many of these souls were killed, permanently changing the overbeing they were part of. Also, more on that later. Eventually, the primordials surrendered, and on the terms laid out by the gods and the exiles. Uh, in the moment that they surrendered, the losing primordials became the Yozis. Uh, they became bitter shadows of what they had been, stewing in their failure and hating their defeat at the hands of the bastard children that the gods had made. Uh, losing the war had changed them, not as much as the creation of the Neverborn, which we'll get into a later episode, but they were still changed. The Yozis are phenomenally powerful, uh, as they were capable of creating the gods, and like reality itself, more than one reality, Zenmu is and out there somewhere. For instance, Sakeverel he who knows the shape of things to come, has the power to control the fate of all things. Uh, the fate of all things they seize, such that even exalts cannot break it. All of creation and all of the Yozis hope they stay asleep for fear of fate of all things forever being determined just by their gaze. So, demons of the highest order are called Third Circle demons. Again, more on that later. Uh, and they are the component souls of the Yozis. The Titans are such immense, complicated creatures that their very spiritual essence is broken down into distinct and unique people. Uh, And to be clear, demons are people. They're thinking beings capable of making good and bad choices. Maybe some of the lowest order of demons are more like animals, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Demons of the third and second circle are joy friend material, and that's all I'm saying. <laughs> the, uh, the middle rank of demons or demons of the second circle are the component souls of third circle demons. In the past two editions, they had specific classifications for what kind of soul they are. Well, I think we'll talk maybe a little bit more on that later too. And the lowest rank of, of demons or first circle demons are created by the other two or are natural occurrences of hell. Uh, For example, one type of demon is an acid elemental, while another demon are the skin flakes from a second circle demon that turn into natural armor.
2: What is the nature of a demon?
1: Demons are idiosyncratic and alien. The things that they care about and the things that they do do not always align with the expectations of people in creation. For example, the Erymanthus, uh, blood apes, thirst for fresh gore particularly that of cats, usually, although an individual blood ape may have particular tastes. Neoma, uh, the makers of flesh, aren't just capable of molding bits of hair, flesh, and fluids into babies, but driven by their craft. They're passionate about it. The Agata, giant iridescent rainbow wasp mounts, are riding beasts by nature and form a bond of love to their rider, but occasionally destroy the things they love to preserve their memory instead. Second and Third Circle demons are more nuanced, as people, so they have additional facets to their being, but they are also driven by the purpose they represent, kind of aligned with the type of soul that they are. For example, Alvea, the keeper of the Forge of Night who forges mortals into tools that will fulfill the dreams of those forged, has extreme satisfaction and pride in her work of remaking.
2: It sounds like they're midway between gods and elementals in that way. There is kind of a like I'm not just a member, I'm also a client kind of thing. Like they get really into their work and not just because it's a way of accumulating power, but kind of part of their nature.
0: Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. And also like demons don't change their portfolio. This is also one of Exalted's soft nose. Like there's nothing that says like, a uh, if you gave a demon a God's job, there's nothing that says their essence wouldn't change if that happened to them, but it doesn't go out of its way to say that that does happen. Um, so, in keeping with the idea of the soft, no, Alvua will always be the keeper of the Forge of Night unless something terrible happens to Arambor, who is her parent third circle demon.
1: Yeah, and when, when we talk about the structure of these these third circle demons, and this is where it gets a little bit weird, is if one of the component demons is utterly destroyed, it changes the nature of its parent entity over over entity and they can recreate a new soul that fulfills the same role but its expression is different and the person that it is will likely be different so what can demons do
0: well we kind of talked about this a little bit like Chaz just sort of went over it on the surface level but all demons have a purpose like we just described neoma make things of living flesh um, Agatha are peerless flying steeds, Alvua forges mortals into magic items, and Stanovald, uh dances to destroy things made of stone. Lagir is the green sun himself, itself, but also a master blacksmith. Um, all of them do weird, specific shit in Maltheus, which also frequently includes be a place, but these things that they do are also useful for summoners, which is really kind of a meta thing, because they are a thing that gets summoned. More on that later. All of them are are written on a meta level to both be useful to someone, um, which then kind of also gets translated into this immensely powerful magic weirdo who does this very specific thing that they like. What
2: powers demons and what do demons need?
1: Demons are fueled by essence like everything else in creation. They can benefit from cults, which are of course frowned upon, which doesn't stop them from forming. They are sustained by being part of a larger entity. Well, if you're a second or third circle, that that demon that is. If you're a first circle demon, you exist as a being of essence until someone kills you. It sucks to be on the bottom row. Enough damage to something's component souls, and it causes the greater being's nature to change, as we mentioned before. We don't have examples of this happening to the third circle demons yet, but the Yozi Adorjan, the silent wind was previously called Adrian, before her fetich or keystone soul was destroyed, and if I remember correctly, the ebon dragon was the shadow itself of itself until its fetich soul was destroyed, forcing it to become itself and thus being able to be imprisoned.
0: The fetich soul is specifically the like keystone soul, the primary soul of of the yosi. So, like they have one that sort of defines them as the most important one. Like Lagier is the one for Malpheus, and Obviously, the specifically killing off the heart, the fetich, the, the, the keystone, the most important soul, is what turned Adrian into Adorjan.
2: Are demons in some way organized?
0: Yes. Also, no. <laughs> uh, second and third circle demons may rule some part of the demon city or like literally be a facet of the demon city. Munoxus is literally the, a ravine. The layers of the Demon City are are measured in fractions of layers, because it's basically parts of a giant body piled up on top of each other. But I wouldn't really call that level organized. Like, the political structure of Malpheus is chaos. So in that that regard, no. But they are classified by circles. Third, second, first, as we just talked about. But that is like a scholarly slash meta classification. Third circle demons do have dominion over their lesser's. They are the top of the food chain in this chaotic political environment, which is full of terrible monster feudalism. A third circle demon absolutely can tell a first circle demon to go fuck off and die. And they have to. <laughs> uh, I, I mean,
1: think... they don't have to listen, but like the third circle demon is going to s- destroy them utterly. A-
0: anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's...
1: They, they, they were powerful enough that in previous editions of exalted third circle demons did not have stats they had powerful meta abilities.
2: Which is impressive, because this is a game where we have statistics for mountains. Yes. So.
0: Yeah. But second circle demons all have a classification of type. There are seven types of souls that indicate sort of what aspect of the third circle demons overall over personality they represent, which seems kind of diegetic.
1: When I was looking at demons for this episode, looking at the of thing a second circle demon did and the mm-hmm. type of soul it was seemed to have some some lineup like the indulgent soul demons were all like i'm really into this thing that mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have a a functional purpose but it's fun
0: octavian is noted as being a defining soul and makarios who does some degree of like protection is a warden soul so like there is some association with their classification
1: it's pretty loose though
0: it's loose yeah on a meta level in the world level i don't know that demons refer to themselves as blank souls but maybe think of themselves as their parent demons wisdom soul
1: i think i would suspect more the other way that like the third circle demon will think of their second circle demons as particular types of souls. But mm-hmm. since the second circle demons are then independent persons on their, of their own, mm-hmm. uh, they probably don't reflexively think back that way because yeah. they just are that expression of the, the prismatic soul that is the uh, third circle demon. I like that. That that's my head cannon.
0: I, I dig it. It's a good head cannon.
2: How can you summon demons? How's that John work?
1: It is, Uh, it is one of the signature things that sorcerers in creation can do. There's a spell, each circle of sorcery to summon progressively more powerful demons. So the first circle spell, summon first circle demon, lets you summon a first circle demon and up. Each ritual requires particular conditions. To summon any demon is a ritual that lasts from sundown to midnight. For a first circle demon, That can happen on any night. Second circle demons can only be summoned during the night of the new moon. And third circle demons can only be summoned during calibration, when the walls between the demon realm and creation are at their weakest. There was also a a kind of funny detail that during the first age, to prevent the summoning of third circle demons, All of the solar sorcerers were supposed to gather together at one big party to all watch each other so that nobody's summoning third circle demons, damn it. (laughs) The spells also let you roll against the demons resolve to bind them to your service for a year and a day or to a specific task. In past editions, the binding aspect of this ritual was a benefit of being exalted as part of the Terms of Imprisonment imposed on the Ozies, and now it's just part of this spell. So it still may be part of the Terms of Imprisonment, but it's not an exalted-only feature of the spells. In past editions, each demon also had a condition that would let them slip into creation unbound. So the Aalu, the cannibal bureaucrats, who are book-eating locust spiders who absorb the knowledge of the documents they eat and then can weave silk, with that knowledge imprinted on it in demon script can escape creation when bookworms or termites ravage a great library or archive. Amalion, the manse of Echoes, who is the fifth soul of Malfys and the finest architect of the demon realm, whose manse bodies beautify each layer of the city, can appear in her human form when a mortal architect kills themselves to escape a commission beyond their abilities. Theoretically, anyone, including mortals, could engineer these conditions, um, and we do have an example of that in Sundak, whose cult performs a particular ritual to summon her through blood sacrifice. I've also ruled that for my games, demons can be summoned with sorcerous workings, even by sorcerers who don't have access to that circle of sorcery. So a dragon-blooded or even mortal sorcerer could use a celestial working, which is admittedly challenging, to summon a second circle demon into creation, but that would not come with the bindings that the spell would would grant, so then they're left to, to bargain with said demon
2: how well known are those rituals like if you're trying to figure out what the uh, one weird trick is how would one find that out
1: i think second edition had a a rule for the obscurity of the demon which was the difficulty of the occult role to discover it i think those difficulties are probably too low for third edition uh, i would probably require the introduction of a fact perhaps
0: just just thinking this sounds like a perfect time to introduce a fact. It
1: really does. And then if you're talking about storyteller characters, however rare or difficult the meta narrative requires it to be, if you're a storyteller, you don't need to roll for those things. You especially don't need to roll to introduce facts as a storyteller.
0: My essence answer is probably sagacity at difficulty five or seven, if it's particularly rare or difficult to find out. And if you want to have an NPC who's somehow summoning demons, by figuring out the one weird trick you just get to have that happen just like <laughs> just like we just said
1: also kind of a neat thing somehow when demons are summoned they know five days before it occurs and they travel across ceciline the endless desert for that time in order to reach creation and in what you will probably appreciate terry there was an effort in the first stage this was i think in dreams of the first age so it's it's some uh deep cut nonsense they did <laughs> Double blind trials to see if they could trick demons to not being summoned, like where they would observe the demon that would or would not be summoned at random and to see if it would set out across the endless desert. And it was like there was a 100% rate of the demon only going to creation if it was going to be summoned. I think they said that, like, the one time that they, like, killed the person who was summoning the demon, someone else summoned that demon instead.
2: <laughs> Do you have any favorite demons?
0: All of them. <laughs> Though, Stanovald, she who summoned the Umphalos, call me. Oh, did I, did you want me to say more than that? <laughs> uh, well, uh, I, I know who you're talking about, but for our <laughs> yeah. audience... <laughs> yeah. Um, paint, paint
2: us a word picture, please.
0: I Well, first off, I love the whole dancing to destroy stone motif, and her description is hot. But what more do you want from me? I suppose an actual answer. But her whole thing is that it's Octavian who once loved the earth. She also has a weird compli- complicated relationship with the earth. She's got 13 efficacious dances. They do things that, like, go from, like, this erodes the stone wall to, like, this kills the man. She's basically a dancing demolition unit, and you, you like, we're like, okay, go do your TikTok dance for 13 hours and then this, this wall will fall down.
2: <laughs> I hope one of them is literally called the TikTok dance and it destroys time. And like, it's just a strange
0: coincidence. But she also has a familiar named Wulf, Wulfrith, which is a undead tanned horse hide that she wears and then like flicks out like a tent and it turns into a mount. Uh, and I just think the whole thing is neat and I would play a character who would summon her to date her. Oh, the sound of her voice renders fire dust in- impotent. And her footsteps up, make no sound, for her feet drift half an inch above the earth. She wears a tan horsehide clo- cloak over a southern tunic and pants made from fine white silk. And for whatever reason, I was just like, damn, mm. hey. Mm.
2: <laughs> damn <Dim laughs> silk pants.
0: <It's laughs>
2: I just like the idea of like the embodiment of the fire dust going like, oh, you're pretty. <laughs> and like, <laughs> has like performance anxiety in front of her she was like, oh, like, oh no sorry oh no, no. oh no not now please okay later
0: me and okay, the okay. fire dust like oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like Monica there's just there's so many good demons I'm gonna call out Cigareth the player of games who appears in a, as an ornately jeweled game box which is always carried by a silent youth which is a construct and not actually Cigarette. The box is full of endless and varied pieces to play any game, including painted boards, finely carved figurines, you know, a dice of varying shapes and symbols. She is the indulgent soul of that which wears down the mountains. She's a master of games and loves to challenge her skill and stakes wagers. She can summon game-piece demons from within herself, who are what's left of those who wagered themselves to her and lost. As a master of games, she is also a master strategist. She can enter creation if a master of sufficient repute writes a challenge to her and drops it into the sea.
2: I was a big fan of uh, the Benny Gesserit. I mean, Benizet, the gardener of identity, creature that lives on Mount Kaf which I liked because that's a mage word, too. I mean, it also exists in several world cultures, but still, it's a big thing in mage. Which is a mountain that has no summit and has no base and continues infinitely in all directions in both directions Benizet cultivates herbs available nowhere else and wishes to make all things unique one of her powers is to afford assume the form of the change rain benazette wishes to make all similar things unique and one of her powers is to assume the form of the change rain which makes all things strange and wondrous so uh, Benezet might pass through an alleyway and all of the panes of glass on a storefront will become strange and unique in their own little way and also loves all things that are truly unique, such as exalts and behemoths.
0: The next one is, is Yasinth, Prince Upon the Tower. He can also call me. It's
2: his or their deal.
0: I, I believe he's referred to with he, him pronouns in games of divinity. Uh, he's like one of the third circle demons who's like not a bastard. His whole thing is that he wants to make roads. He's like this handsome carved from basalt guy with like weird retrograde knees, big old stone wings and he just speaks and roads appear and he just wants to create infrastructure in Malpheus and not be bothered and is generally just sort of nice to everyone because he has a job he wants to do. Please leave him alone. Uh, Where like everyone else is like, oh, if you cross them, they torment you for a thousand years. And he's just like, no, he's he's like, I'm very busy, leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) I I appreciate that about him.
2: I picture a sidereal of Mercury that has like a poster of him on his wall in the office. (laughs) And like every time his boss comes in, he has to turn the scroll around before coming
0: in. Like, what's that? Uh, nothing. like Someday, someday I will get to talk to him.
2: It's a whiteboard.
0: Big yeah. fan of your work. work.
2: <laughs> nice to get hit in the face with a road.
0: <laughs> Could you sign this cobblestone? <laughs>
2: that would be. Uh, we've established demons are weird. So surely the place where they inhabit must be easy and straightforward to understand. Where do demons live?
0: In the demon city, which is the realm of Malthus, which is the primordial king who got killed and turned inside out like one of those pillow pals. And now everybody lives inside of him. And all of his friends are sewed up into his body. And it sounds horrible.
2: <laughs> so how did this whole Malpheus thing come about?
1: Well, when the primordials surrendered to the gods and became the Yozis, uh, Malfi's king of the primordials, was turned inside out with the killing of his fetish soul uh, to metaphysically become the realm of Malfius. Parts of Malpheus are also defined by the other Yozis as structures or environmental elements, like Arajan, the silent wind who blows through the streets, uh, Kimberi, the acid sea that washes over some of the layers, or Thessaline, the endless desert that bounds all layers, uh, as the endless desert that demons can travel across in five days if they've been summoned, Zoreni, the forest that pops up in places around the demon city. So, what is Malpheus like?
0: It's gross, and it's uncomfortable. Uh, it is literally composed of the bodies of Yozis, Malfius itself being the body of, you know, Malfius. He's been pulled inside out. He's got a great number of many layers uh, that defy geometry, so it's not just like, here's a giant rib cage. it's here's impossible geometry. We took a concept and flipped it inside out. The, the form of Mas- Malfius is itself a massive, multi- multi-layered city, constantly illuminated by the green sun, which is literally his heart, except that it's just bright and green, 24-7, except when the Ebon Dragon takes flight and blocks out its light, as the Ebon Dragon is literally the only thing that can block the light of Ligier. Malphius has mountains, swamps, oceans, forests, and deserts seemingly like creation, but all of those are either a Yozi or a demon. Well, we said that earlier. <laughs> Some people are also places. Uh, the city itself is composed of many layers that move and buckle and crash as he's alive...
2: Also, the big-ass boar guy moves around. Soon. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah. Also, Isidorus walks across him and just, like, shoves things out of the way because that's, that's what he does. I love him. The green sun overhead is leg one of Malthus' souls. Uh, and its light shines across all layers. Uh, Some powerful demons build high spires to allow the sun to visit at social gatherings where he drops in and soaks up praise, tries not to show it because he's a classy gent. Lagier shines with various degrees of intensity on different areas. Uh, The light may shine harshly on a demon slum or may offer soft illumination to a grand tower that Lagier finds pleasing. The trouble with having a son who is also kind of an egomaniac he is also a skilled smith i mentioned that up ahead um, and is responsible for taking the ore of malfeas's body as well as goods brought from creation and guiding their their creation into the brass and blackstone constructs that make up the demon city brass black iron basalt are all and acid are all like the Malfian elements
1: whenever night falls erembor uh, begins to play their horn and eerie music entrances all who cannot resist the song and changes them. One cannot resist by blocking your ears as the music is heard in one's very soul. The curse of this music is that for a moment the entranced forget they are prisoners in the demon city. When Liger again shines, all the spell is broken and despair returns. There's also no natural way to tell time in the city as the day-night cycle is arbitrary and clocks are forbidden by Cecilyne. The exception is that at calibration, the gap between the worlds grows thinner, and all can note this. Additionally, since there's no loom of fate or calendar of Setash to force causality, time flows both irregularly as some areas move faster than others, and time can also be undone by a Yozi's will. A uh, Yozi can unwind up to five days of time within their, within their domains if convinced to do so, which can be quite hard and comes with strings attached, Uh, But this is a small exception to Exalted's dead means dead rules. So if you really want to bring someone back to life, you have to kill them inside of a Yossi and then convince the Yossi to bring them back to life. It's hard. (laughs) Weather doesn't occur in Malfys as it does in creation, guided in some way, but instead due to the movements of the beings of Malfys, such as the Ebon Dragon bringing a shadow of night along with him, or the blowing of the silent wind of Adarjan, or her daughters, who are all winds of Malfi's. One wind may scour flesh, another materials, another only the dead. Rains and hail is formed from the parts of greater demons, or demons themselves. Also note, demon bones burn quite well,
0: Laws of construction are provided by She-Who-Lives-In-Her-Name, who allows spindly structures thousands of feet tall to safely rise, and much of Malphius is, is or- ornamented. Malpheus is a cage, but it is at least a gilded one.
2: Are there any non-demons in Malpheus?
1: There are a handful of exalted and also a small number of mortals, uh, mortals brought there as sacrifices or worshippers or cultists for the demons. It, Malfi's is inherently lethal, but demons can, can protect their mortal cultists. There was, uh, I think, an alchemical concoction that protected you from the miasma of Malfi's. There was a Dewey. face moth. A fa- face moth also, <laughs> yeah. So there were a couple of ways to be protected. And so there are small mortal cults who suffer under the protection of their demon masters or are sometimes pampered as uh, pets.
0: Oh, I guess the Infernals live there sometimes. That
1: yeah, also. They go they, to hellcon.
0: They, yeah, they, they, they do have a hellcon. I hope we keep hellcon. I kind of always liked the idea of hellcon. Theoretically, an Infernal can become like a demon prince and have ownership over a small part of Malfius, which probably will be contested by another demon or whatever. I played an Infernals game where the, the circle had like their own little quarter. I think we had a tower made out of teeth was pretty great. They count as non-demon beings who, who live there, sort of like people technically live in Antarctica, I guess.
1: Does that make penguins first circle demons?
0: Yes.
2: Uh, so how do you get to Malpheus?
1: There are strange and esoteric paths from creation that lead to Malfius. Uh that can be found through occult practice. Additionally, sorcery can get you there
0: previously a weird artifact i think that could open a door
1: i guess that the greater point we're getting at here is there's not a specific path into malpheus but you can introduce all kinds of weird ways to get there the hard part's getting out
2: is it fair to ask like in the hierarchy of weird places outside of creation for a character to visit is there a hierarchy from like you can just walk into the damn wild Yushan has a bunch of portals. Malpheus has weird rituals, the underworld you can kind of walk into.
0: Do you want me to rank them from like easiest to hardest? Please. Okay. Shadowlands, wild, Yushan, Autochthonia, Malpheus, in order.
1: Okay. I would say Malpheus would be harder to get to than Autochthonia or Auththonia would be harder to be get harder to than get- Malpheus. It's because one of the seal.
0: specific place, right? Yeah. I mean, so like I was thinking of Malpheus, you have to there's sort of I don't know they feel a little six of one to me because Malthus, you have to figure out the weird, specific, bizarre thing you need to do to like cause the clipping error in creation that lets you slip through. Yeah. Right. Uh, you have to you have to break the code and then like skip the level and wind up in the Mario negative level, right? Like that's that's
2: how you get. Yeah. To... There's a special object you have to hold in the corner and you have to hit the space bar really fast. Right. Right. Yeah. It have depends to, you have on to break... subpixel. Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. 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 You have to find the right pixel and break it in order to get into Malthus and to get to Auricthonia, you have to find the one specific place where the seal is undone and go in through there, which right. seems slightly easier because you can figure out where that one specific, that's just finding the optional boss in the game as opposed mm. to, to finding the, the weird glitch okay. that lets you in.
1: <laughs> I'll buy that. I'll buy right. that. <laughs>
0: nice.
2: Why would a an exalt that's not like an infernal want to go to Malpheus?
0: Malfius contains a number of notable characters that might be useful to inhabit, or convince, or kidnap. Hempstead Ocean Hero is a dragon-blooded exalt who arrived two centuries ago and is notable for being able to write binding contracts outside of the legal system ruled over by uh, Ceciline's priesthood. By being a denizen who owns no fealty to the any of the Ozies, he has made a profitable niche. Characters needing to work out an agreement with a demon may need his help to deal with a meddlesome creature too powerful or to simply banish someone who is in creation on official business. You could also go to Malpheus for weird resources, all sorts of weird special magical shit that you can only find there.
1: Every being in Malpheus can manipulate essence and is infused into almost every crafted piece in Malpheus. So while Luxhai may produce a few diaclaves per year, Malpheus can produce artifacts in absolutely massive quantities and has the knowledge, raw materials and labor to do it, and some fairly exceptional craftspeople. Third circle demons are immensely knowledgeable, so you can go and seek knowledge from them. Uh, there are libraries in Malpheus which are vast and full of forbidden knowledge. Some demons are driven to know, while others are simply curious. The glass libraries contain much more information, likely than any written source in creation.
0: I mean, the downside to doing that, though, is that, like, those libraries are also curated by people who are protective of that knowledge or interested in eating you for having it.
1: So... Yes. <laughs> one, of, one of the ways that Arabella can escape into creation is if you know too much forbidden stuff, he can come and get you.
0: He's also weirdly hot. All of the third circle demons are weirdly hot.
1: If your character's an infernal, you may want to return every once in a while to talk to the Yozi who empowers you to, to get new missions, to go to health con, barter for power, or to strike a blow against uh, your demon prison. It could also be a hiding spot. It, it is outside the view of heaven. So uh, if you really want to lay low and avoid sidereal assassins, could could go to Malpheus and you are entirely off creation's radar. Additionally, since time flows differently here, a character could take advantage of the metaphysical properties of Malpheus. So maybe you could go there to quickly age in air to escape the control of a regent. Character could do research that could take centuries and return in the blink of the eye if they found a particularly fast-moving spot of Malpheus time. Other than the miasma, Malfeus, Malfeus is not that bad. It's, uh, there's horrendous hazards. It's scour the flesh from your bones. But the demons themselves seem kind of okay, as we've said.
2: Yeah, this was a thing that was actually spelled out in like the book Malpheus. It's like, demons are kind of cool with other entities. Because either if you're not part of their hierarchy, they seemingly leave you alone. But don't expect much out of them. So that seemed kind of neat.
0: They are, on the whole, kind of cool with having people over.
2: It's like being the weirdo on a subway car. No one's looking at you because everyone else is also a weirdo on a subway car. Assuming you don't bring too much attention to yourself.
0: Some demons are even like want you to come over. Uh, it's almost always for their own ends, but like- But
2: still, it's nice being invited. Yeah. So are there any interesting locations or landmarks notable to uh, Malpheus?
0: The illustrious Forge of the Green Sun is a foundry workshop temple complex that is itself the size of a city. <laughs> The walls and buildings are built to contain Ligier's immense heat and also his secrets. Here, materials are processed by burning them directly out of the stuff of Malthus, and at its center is the anvil forge of, of Malthus's very bones. Ligier's greatest work is done. The complex is constantly ringing with work songs praising the green sun. In the meeting rooms of the illustrious forge, one may request Ligier make something either directly or through one of Ligier's functionaries. Uh, He often makes strange requests in return, such as the dreams of a fish, or the tears of a king mourning over a lost battle.
1: The Plains of Trial and Adjustment is a molten battlefield where clockwork monstrosities and living weapons fight against each other to the glory of their demonic masters, but also serves the purpose of misdirecting the uncanny. Those who focus on the mechanical behemoths here may miss their maker's other more cunning plans.
0: Copper House of Gemstone Ocean Hero is capable of flight and sometimes simply floats away to avoid Malpheus's deadly weather. I would love a house that was just like. National disaster. I'm leaving. Peace. <laughs> uh, if you see the coffer house flying by, try to keep up. <laughs> beneath the streets of Malpheus are great catacombs that run beneath the surface where wandering souls, secret industries, or simply residential housing may exist. If one continues to, to burrow, you may break to another layer over which the green sun shines. So you can, in fact, dig a hole to the other side of Malpheus.
2: And the sun's still there. It's, real it's weird. still there. There yeah. were some, like, rando references to the outermost layers where, like, Malpheus fleshes made bare, but if Malphius' flesh is also like a high-rise office building, I don't know what that means. So is there a story you would like to run related to demons or Malpheus besides Monica's third circle demon dating sim?
1: I think I'd like to play politics in the Demon City somehow. Uh, I think that'd be fun because it'd be a chance to see a bunch of the second and third circle demons as you court them for their favor or cooperation or clash with them as rivals. Generally, I I like to include demons as cool supporting characters in other plots, too. I don't think I've really centered any stories on demons in my Exalted running career thus far.
0: I have played in A couple Infernals games in second edition. They were really fun uh, as we leaned more on the first edition portrayal of Maltheus than the second edition one just using the really excellent charm set from second edition. I have always had sympathy for the devil. (laughs) They're my favorite bad guys in air quotes. I like the almost Cenobite-esque like oh they're kind of doing bad things but it's sort of their nature to do it. I don't know that that makes them evil (laughs) Uh, 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 approach that demons have all jokes about wanting to date demons aside, I think they make extremely cool characters, antagonists, potential allies. It's pretty rad to have a weird friend, and I can't say I've ever really had the opportunity to get into that too much in a game, I just like the idea of it. So I guess my what I would run in Malthus is probably some sort of Infernals game. What kind? i haven't really thought about i certainly like the the direction it is taking as people who are wronged by the rest of the world and have a bone to pick so maybe maybe some combination of like juxtaposing malfeas which is kind of a terrible place but also kind of home against the mundane tyranny of the realm and maybe that the emotional backdrop of this terrible world versus the terrible world of humans, and maybe doing something with that. That sounds really high concept, but I've been throwing out a lot of high concept game concepts lately.
1: Terry, is there a story that you'd like to run with Malpheus or demons? So there's a few things that reached out to me when I was
2: not researching this because I'm, I I know nothing about these topics going into them. One, I I very much appreciated that uh, in a lot of cases, the demons are less malevolent than like the fair folk. Oh yeah, for
1: sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean like the setting's sort of two real big bads, like people who are unquestionably awful, are the Death Lords and the Fairfolk.
2: The demons kind of seem like like the inhabitants of Autochthonia, like their house just sucks and they want to go on a vacay if we want to do our exalted beach party that monica has referenced as yet another one of her high concept game ideas um and i think that's kind of neat especially like that first time you summon a demon and you're like and he's like you have any cheese we don't have any cheese i i could really you could really go for that <laughs> or something like that i i think the demons themselves are are fascinating and i like their weird motives and their relationships with each other and the fact that they are categorizable but not necessarily hierarchical um hierarchical in the same that there is a hierarchy of nuclear weapon gun fist um it's not like a formal hierarchy it just kind of falls out the other end when you are overwhelmingly more powerful than the thing beneath you all of the yozis are fantastically imaginative it the the fact that like a group of people was able to like pound out this book and be like well here are the bins of game we have left Uh, sensible intimate plot oh that bucket's empty Normal locations that are easily relatable. That bucket's empty too. Check the bat shit crazy bin. And like they just lifted the lid and just got like hit in the face, like a whole bunch of spring loaded <laughs> snakes coming out of a peanut brittle container. And then like they caught it in the form of this book. That's some 2 bullshit I do enjoy. It didn't have as much of weird sex stuff as I was kind of anticipating. So that's one of those yeah. things where you expect it to be like 110 degrees outside, but it's only 98. It's still hot, but it's not as hot as you thought it was going to be.
0: Come of Celestial Directions Malfias was actually one of the better setting books for second edition and it, except where it editorialized in some weird places like the Arambor thing, did a pretty good job of picking up where Games of Divinity left off. Hmm. Games of Divinity also had some weird sex stuff in it yeah. like but uh, but to the actual
2: question uh the thing that struck me as a World of Darkness fan is the parallels between Cain and Malpheus to me are quite strong uh, both are fueled by spite and simply letting go of that spite may be the surest path to happiness one thing that's mentioned in Compass of Celestial Directions is that after thousands of years a bunch of demons are simply like how about we just make Malpheus our home and make it a nice one like It's vast. Even though it is a huge demon city, there seem to be areas that are uninhabited. It's not like autochthonia where there's nine square inches where life can thrive and everything else (laughs) is like a neither void hellscape where you need like a city mech to like protect you. I like the idea of what if Malpheus kind of calmed the F down and they're like, well, since everything is a demon that we can shape to arbitrary acceptance, you know what that's better than? The realm. Eh? So, <laughs> so, so, so if Malpheus actively started like courting solars or something they're like you know what we don't have the wild hunt you know what you have to deal with in creation the wild hunt um, I th-
0: that sounds like a really interesting hook for like a mixed infernal and solars game
2: so I, I think that is one of the things that that is most fascinating and just the fact that the book Malpheus has has thought through everything whether it be like the shit tubes that you can use to get through layers as you're consumed by a rando demon who poops you out in a different place at random. Um, and that's like a mass transit system. It's functional and it's available to everyone. Kind of the like speculation about the nature of existence where first circle demons know that they are going to die either at the arbitrary whim of their second circle masters, but they are only dimly aware of it because they are kind of archetypes more than anything else is pretty neat. So, um, uh, so reinterpreting Malpheus as it, making it clearly not a hell except for its day denizens who are stuck there which is what makes it hell it's like it's hell in like a sartrean sense and i think that's neat
0: i think it's also a hell in a buddhist sense too
2: but yeah 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 uh certainly yeah. those weird angles are the games that i would like to run Chaz, where are we going next
1: next up we are going into the underworld exploring the shadowlands of creation and looking at the ghosts who dwell within
2: and with that, if we are interested in finding more about a place that is not Malpheus, that is in creation, Chaz, where can we do that?
1: You can find uh, more about Giara on the Fall of Giara podcast, or rather on the Story Told podcast in the Fall of Giara episodes, where we are closely coming to a conclusion and may see some friends from the underworld visiting our characters. How about you, Monica?
0: if you want to hear more from me talking about game design uh with a friend running writing designing games you should listen to bonus experience it has the same sort of doofy friends talking about a thing they like energy a systematic understanding of everything uh, you can find that at bxpcast.com or at bonus on twitter if you just want more from me you can follow me i'm at zenith sun
2: if you want to hear about a stupid uninteresting game whose afterlife is boring and doesn't have cool demons like Exalted does and its underworld is stupid and the place that demons come from is stupid. You can learn more about uh, com or follow me at Terry Robinson on Twitter. Stupid other games shitty underworlds and demons. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Really selling it here, bud.
2: Thank you for listening to Systematic Understanding of Everything, an Exalted podcast. Go to exaltcast.com to subscribe, see our show notes, or listen to our past episodes. We're available on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, and Anchor.fm. If you have a question, shoot us an email at questions at exaltcast.com. If you'd like to support our show, please consider using the affiliate links in our show notes to make purchases on DriveThruRPG and thestorytellervault.com. The opening theme is Return of the Solar Exalted, and the closing theme is the sidereal exalted Lesser But Safe from Fanfare for the Chosen by James Simple and is used with permission. In the meantime, exalt strong.
0: This is episode 30, Impossible I ep- almost said impossible episode, brilliance. It's going to be one of those days, my friends. I'm sorry. I do hate driving in Philadelphia, but I might do it for you.
2: Yeah, systematic Later. understanding of barbecue will hopefully happen at some point.
0: Yeah, 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 that'd be great.
2: Probably done by the same person who wrote fanfic about fucking the calibration gate. That sounds like a badass Darren Aronofsky version of the movie Inside Out that is just screaming <laughs> to be written when we buy this IP.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I like that you said when, not if No,
2: in the fullness of time
0: <laughs> You you may be right, but I don't remember I and am
2: right It's kind of like, if you kill Professor X You can still have the X-Men But they'll be different Now they might actually accomplish something good As opposed to becoming an extended metaphor For how Magneto was probably right the
0: entire time
1: Yeah, Magneto just gets more right over time It's concerning <laughs> <laughs>
0: She's just a landmass, but she fucks. I don't. Probably, that's getting like Chuck Tingle level of things to fuck, right? Like pounded in the butt by a giant ravine of whispers.
2: Is that my new OTP? That and calibration gate.
0: <laughs> the the Minoxus the ra- the the ravine of whispers and the calibration gate. Sure. Yeah, I mean it writes itself. Sure, it does. <laughs>
1: R- Ravina's a calibration gate slash.
0: <laughs> For me, it sounds like, and they were both bottoms, prompt to me, but, oh. you know. <laughs> Stop calling up your boyfriend from hell.
2: Okay, say just, like, kind of an extended thing of, uh, words, because you know, otherwise... I-,
1: I am not a cricket. I am definitely not a cricket. I do not put cricket parts in my cereal. That's exactly what a cricket would say.
2: Oh, and then it would have the whole priority problem because you can only summon them for a year and a day, and then they have to choose. And hopefully it doesn't end like Garden State, where Zach Braff chooses Natalie Portman, which really in context made no sense. I hate when that happens in stories. And one of the things I found in Compass of Celestial Directions Malfius is you can make a game and just hyphenate words at random, and suddenly you have lore. Uh, Oversoul, Change Rain, Demon Horse, just kid in a candy store with nouns and hyphens. You've um,
0: uncovered the secret to writing for Exalted. Partially. That's uh, it. That's the whole thing. Just hyphenate <laughs> two words and you have a new thing and then you get to make up what it is.
2: I am going to take this technology back to my fe- people and free them.
0: Forge Priest. Yeah. God Monster. Um, Sorcerer King.
2: That one's been around.
0: That one has been around. Yeah. Fuck Ghost. I was going to say something gross and then I decided against it. Uh, all that text on the outline just to say Gone. two things is gross this, and it's uncomfortable. This that's, is why you're a dev. That's, <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's the whole it's thing. It's like
2: you're waiting for a bus and it's humid and somebody just farted and you can't leave because the bus won't stop then. You always <laughs> <obvious>. <laughs> I always like the idea of vampire, but no one would ever let me play in their game. How do I get that in here? Oh, okay. Demon shadow fucking. <laughs> I got ideas.
0: Hire me. Oh, I see she's still doing the bondage nun thing. Weird, given that that doesn't mean anything in this world. Terry is now just sticking (laughs) hydrants in the outline. I'm as reckless as a German.
2: I think a game of Monster Care Squad with Juggernaut and Benezet is a game of Exalted (laughs) that I would play. Um, (laughs) (laughs) so... Inside of every creation is a
1: spooky ghost.
2: Yes, you're carrying a live duck. Assuming the duck doesn't shit on everyone, no one cares that you're carrying a duck.
1: Can we stop recording?